Hey, Peter. Hey, Adam. I'm sorry I walked out, man. I didn't mean it. <laughs> hey, but man, look, things are starting to improve around your place and my place. That's right. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily music advice coming at you remote, distributed, but we're coming at you. We are coming at you. We did not quit the podcast. That was just our <laughs> our annual April Fool's prank that we've been doing now. That's like the third year in a row we've quit. Right. <laughs> on April I know. Fool. And I mean, we, uh, we toyed with the idea of that was pre-recorded. Right. Should yeah, we yeah, kind yeah. of explain what's been going on? Would this be a good time now that we're past if anyone's still listening? Totally. Totally. Yeah. So let's explain what happened. Most of our episodes where we apologize if we sounded a little bit tone deaf certain days to what's happening in the world. But there's a couple of reasons for that. The main one is that we had to pre-record a bunch of episodes because I was going to be touring and you had different things going on. So we for the first time ever about what is this three weeks ago? No, a month ago. We got ahead uh, more than just a couple days on our episodes so that we could bring to you, our dear listeners, uh, our dear listeners. That sounds creepy. That's isn't that what they call the leader of North Korea, our dear leader. They are dear to us, though. <laughs> they are dear to us, but not in the way that the, the dear leader is in an even better, safer way. But uh, we wanted to be able to, you know, be able to provide uninterrupted content to you guys. So layer in on top of that, the unexpected pandemic. Um, so we've been having, you know, re- kind of regular episodes and we haven't been talking a lot about what's happening in the world, but we left those in partly because we've been scrambling to, um, set up mobile, uh, studios at our homes, yep. reconfigure the studio, open studio, which we basically can't, we, we can't use the pod suite for now because we're social distancing. We're flattening the curve that's and right. uh, that's right. all that. So we've been scrambling to do that, but also I think they were good and interesting episodes and correct me if I'm wrong here, M- Monsieur Manis, as you're called sometimes, but, um, we, we're hoping that the podcast could continue to be a little bit of music advice, music fun, and maybe a little bit of break from all the the terrible things you're hearing in the news and stuff. So that's why we wanted those episodes that didn't really mention what was going on. Yeah, it was actually really just a, a, a kind of a, a weird coincidence that we got so far ahead. We've never, we were a month ahead, essentially. We've never been yeah. that far ahead, ever. Never. And, never will again. Yeah, and then the, that <laughs> week after, you were supposed to go to Europe for a month, and right. then that, that all got canceled. So we had yeah. all these episodes, which was a good thing because we ended up, like you said, be, having the social distance here. Uh, but yeah. now we're all set up to record. Uh, we have, we're going we're gonna to test some video. So you may or may not see this video, but you'll definitely hear the audio. Right. And uh, thank you for, uh, shout out to Sam and Andrew for, yes. for being in on the, the April 1st quit uh, spectacular tradition that we've yes. had. I don't know what we're going to do next year to quit, but it's going to be fun. I know. Well, what's what's great is I think uh, we'll, we'll see how this all shakes out. But uh, we have so many new listeners this year. I think that the uh, the the carryover from last year, oddly enough, and and even last year, I, I, I was we were very surprised at how many people really. Wait, what did we do last year? What was what was the shtick exactly? I think we just oh, man. What do we do? I think we just quit. We just oh, we just announced. Oh, we said it was ended, and we just announced that it was the last one ever. Yeah, right. It was yeah. the last one ever. This was this and, was a little more dramatic because we just had it. We you know we played <laughs> played like we were fighting and then quit. That was great. And the fun thing about that, we haven't got. I don't think we got a chance to explain this yet. The fun thing about the playing like we were fighting. You remember how that went down, right? 
Uh, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we we were like, let's just pretend like we're getting really upset, and it was some of the easiest acting <laughs> yeah. we ever did. We kind of scared <laughs> yeah, each no. other. We we're like, wow, that was I easy. Know. We <laughs> like, both they're really good actors, or we had some pent up anger there. We both <laughs> kind of went right to things that cut to the bone a little bit. <laughs> right, we're yeah. like, no, and then we looked at each other like, wait, you were just kidding, right? Of course, no, no, no this <laughs> is just oh, yeah, joke. yeah, totally. Uh, but but we've got, I've got some funny messages uh, so far today since that episode. Uh, played out of just people like no don't quit the podcast or like you guys should really be nicer to each other it's, it's really right. it's great right. so uh thanks everybody for for playing along a good fun but we're back at it and today we wanted to do something that you can kind of sink your teeth into as you're sheltering from home uh yes. four power practice ideas for the piano uh you know Peter, since we started sheltering from home, I've been doing daily guided practice sessions, which has been uh, really a fun way to uh, to practice with our members. I do them every day. They're audio. They're part of our piano access pass, and uh, they've been really popular and had a lot of great feedback from them. And one of the things that uh, I've had a lot of great feedback on is that some of the, the techniques I was using were, were helping people to get stronger in their fingers and their hands on the piano. And so I just wanted to share that with our broader podcast audience, some of those main things, and thought, uh, great to get your insight on this too. So I'm the only one right now that has a working MIDI piano. So right. I'll, I'll be playing everything. But uh, these are definitely ideas that I know you share because I've uh, honestly stole th- three of these. Maybe all four of these from you at some point. Uh, <laughs> well, but- I, I stole them as well. These these are like secondhand. This is like you know art art that's been stolen and passed around. It's all good. Yeah, this is this is like classic how to get some strength on the piano keyboard. So the first yeah. one is the chromatic scale, but it's a very specific fingering for the chromatic scale using some big muscles. If we start on C, and we go up chromatically, the fingering we use is one three one three one two three one three one. So basically, anytime there's a black key, your third finger is playing it. Anytime there's a white key, your thumb is playing it, unless there's two white keys in a row, and then it's one, two, thumb, index finger. And then for your left hand, it's kind of a mirror image of that. One, three, one, three, two, one, three, one, three, one, three, two, one, three. Same principle applies. So this is a warm-up that we use on the Daily Guided Practice Session, and we use it on our uh, Jazz Piano Jumpstart course, our uh, elements of jazz piano course both start with this chromatic scale. I like to do it four octaves. I like to vary the dynamics. I like to vary the articulation, staccato sometimes. Oh, yeah. I like to give it nice crescendos. And decrescendos. Really try to practice some control, but always that that one three one three one two three one three one three. I think that's a it's a foundation of power. Yes, absolutely. And um, a quick question for you because I've I've talked to some other pianists about this. The one three one three one the the finger that you just out, outlined. I don't need to repeat it. Uh, that's what I learned uh, from a fairly young age as like the standard uh chromatic fingering and then but i'm always surprised when some people are like oh they have different fingerings on that because that always seemed like almost like major scales like there there's one finger yeah there's other ways you can do it but it's kind of a tried tested and true one well i think if you wanted to do it depends on the articulation if you wanted to do something sort of delicate and uh legato like this right that's fast you might go one two three four sure 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 you know 
But I mean, in terms of, of, of practicing and playing a complete, you know, multiple octave chromatic scale situation. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely the the standard okay. that I've I've seen anyway. I'm sure there are loads of other schools on it, um, but I love that one. Uh, so the next one, number two of our four power practice ideas, are the Phillips exercises for finger independence. Now this is something I had no idea about until we became friends, and I saw this laying on your piano, and uh, I actually have stolen your book. I have it here. Oh right really? Here in my dining room. Sorry, is, about that. I'll, get, I'll get it is back. Is my here. book sheltering here. in your home? It is sheltering in my home. Uh, but <laughs> if you haven't heard of these exercises and you're a pianist, go order that book right now off Amazon or wherever you get your books because it is incredible. Yes. Uh, it, it, there's nothing I've discovered better for finger independence and finger strength uh, of the individual fingers. And the very from the very first exercise, you get almost every concept you need to get after that, it just becomes a matter of confusing your brain right. and trying to to really get brain independence more than right. finger independence. But that very first one, it's very simple. Uh, your thumb is on middle C, and then uh, the rest of your fingers play a diminished chord, C, E flat, G flat, A, and then back up to C for the octave, right? And you go out and back in. Sounds simple, right? For your left hand, you play the A, just below middle C, and you do that same diminished chord, A, G flat, E flat, C, A, and then back in. So, okay, simple enough, right? Ah, here's the kicker. The entire time, you have to hold your thumbs down. So I just did a little staccato, but I didn't mean to. Those thumbs are locked down, right? making forcing your other fingers to be independent so that you're not i mean it really forces you to think about and and your fingers to get in shape then you take that up chromatically and this is where it really starts to get like level two hard all the way up the octave you know when your thumbs are on a black key it gets to be tricky you got to really think about your hand position, leverage, but this I find has been the, the people who have discovered it on the on the daily guided practice sessions have been flipping out about it. It's it's awesome, and uh, I was actually playing along. I do have my keyboard happening. We just haven't got the output routed correctly, but I was with you there. And as I'm, I, you know, it's this it's such a thing of connecting us with. Uh, I mean, definitely the independence of the fingers. I mean, that's the whole thing, and that's what it develops. But kind of corollary along with that you're getting strengthening strengthening of the fingers for sure you're getting your spacing in a way symmetry with your hands but really just like the feel of the instrument i don't think there's been any exercises and you know i love the journey i love the other phillips i love the uh, mcferrin i mean there's there's a lot of them uh that are great that chopin etudes and uh but in terms of of connecting ourselves with the keyboard just from a tactile standpoint, I don't think there's anything that I've gotten more out of than that first exercise. And then, yeah, as you say, going on, it becomes more of a theme and variations. Um, and then there's a lot of stuff. I mean, we could do 20 episodes on this, but um, as you go, as you were saying, holding, and I'm playing it now, but you can't hear it, but it's like you're holding down that first note with the thumb in both hands. And as you can go outward, um, paying attention to not, not, keeping any of the other fingers out except the thumb and then releasing them yeah. right you know control and evenness between the hands and then also you can practice it where you hold all of them down 
which really strengthens the fourth and the third. That's like one of some of those like magic yoga moves that 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 does get your core together. Doing that like oh yeah, that's right. Keep everything Ooh, held down. Yeah, oh. then your fourth feels like it's like it's uh, disabled or something, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Uh, okay, so that's the Phillips exercises. Check those yes, out. Yes, sir. Uh, the, next, the next thing that I love to practice are double octaves, mm. whether scales or arpeggios, but double octaves give you a sense of spatial awareness of the keyboard that's hard to replicate anywhere else because you're literally throwing your whole hands at the keyboard and you have to know where they are. Wait, hold um, up, hold up, so, hold up. It, Jeff Keyser called. He wants his double octaves back. I know, right? So, like... Uh, I, I like to do these on chromatic scales because on your on the outside notes, right, for the top note for the right hand, the bottom note for the left hand, you can work on that pinky, fourth finger, pinky, fourth finger. So all the black keys are played on the top with the fourth, yeah. and all the white keys are played with the, the fifth, and you can get a nice legato sound. But what's great about double octaves like this is, like intuitively you think like okay for control i'll keep i'll keep real close to the keyboard but really if you are able to lift up a little bit especially get your wrists kind of pulling the note out yes you're gonna find that you actually are a lot more accurate let your finger let those those fifth fifth and fourth fingers stay there as long as possible um but if you're not practicing double octaves, man, give it a go, and you will find that you have a lot more awareness of where your hands are in the keyboard. Absolutely, and uh, I mean, this is truly a, a power move, both in terms of, of you know powerful technique, but also just as you say, being able to uh, you know uh, get the expression, the powerful kind of stuff that we need out of the instrument that can even be applied beyond just the double octaves. Um, you know, because getting the power is not going at the instrument and bang and then staying in it. It's going into it and pulling it out. And and so this is like one of those repeated physical moves in which you do that. It can't be just a bang, bang, it has to be a boom, 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 where you're pulling it out because those hammers are hitting the string. And if they go, it, 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 it has to be doom, doom. And you got to get that resonance going. You got to get the evenness yep. between all of them. There's a lot of good stuff. Yep. And I would just say if some people, I don't know, maybe everybody can kind of, I'm not sure, but if, if people are saying, what if I can't reach the four, the one four, as you go to the black keys, I mean, obviously you're going one five on all of those, but you're still listening for making those same kind of connection and phrasing, which is really what the, the whole reason we go to the trouble of going back and forth in, in any situation at the top with four right. or five or at the bottom of the left hand, of course. Yeah. If there's any reach that I think is doable, even for small hands, it's that, it's that octave on black keys. Uh, one four. Yeah, I would think uh, so. Give it a give it a shot. Because the fourth finger is normally, unless you're an orangutan playing the piano, is normally longer than the fifth, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and because it's kind of uh, deeper into the key bed, it should it should work. But if it doesn't, like you said, just one five. But just again, try to hear it. You know, right. you'll hear it. You'll hear it, as they say. As as they. Uh, so number four, our last one. This is the jazz arpeggio. Oh, this right. is a favorite of yours, and I, I love this too. Ah. So that's simply a dominant seven chord broken here in C, C, E, G, B flat, and then E, G, B flat, D to the nine. And then just repeat yep, that. Yep. So I love this because I love talking about, like so far we've gone from chromatic to diminished and now to 
major thirds, minor third combinations like broken chords. I think a, a solid part of your practice routine has to be, you know, changing the scope, right? From small movements to larger movements, arpeggios to chromatic scales. And I love this one because of how applicable it is to our jazz playing. So practicing these jazz arpeggios in octaves, double octaves with both hands, Mm. hands apart. I think it's very important. Yeah, and it's as much for the da da da. da. I'm gonna sing as I play because I can't hear my keyboard. Do it. Da 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 da. That shift from the ninth to the one, or uh, of where, for the second octave going up because we're repeating it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. very important. Boom, shifting the hand. You know, it's like whoa do 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 da. And you're shifting up and getting into position. That's something that, especially for more velocity driven kind of. Uh, you know, linear playing is very important for accuracy, getting your hand into the, I mean, I, I, we, we can't state enough how important hand position and being able to judge distances is for accuracy and able to play fast, uh, with velocity on the piano. Um, we always think about the fingers, of course, the fingers are important, but knowing how to move your hands and where they're going, letting the, the wrist lead is, is uh, massive. So important. Yes. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, hopefully uh, you guys have gotten something out of these four uh, power practice ideas. Again, we're not going anywhere. We've been doing this now for ever (laughs) and uh, we've not yet run out of great ideas and we love hearing from you. So go to you'llhearit.com and leave us a message. Is the speak pipe Uh, open? Speak pipe is always open right now. Uh, we're taking we're taking voicemails, so hit us yeah, up. Yeah, go to youllhear.com, leave us a voice message via SpeakPipe, especially if you're a new uh, listener. We'd love to hear from you. Just tell us what's going on. It doesn't have to be a question, um, right? And as, Yeah, no, it doesn't. Okay. Just just tell us like what you, what you like about You'll Hear It. Yeah. And also, just so you know, uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, April 2nd in the morning at 1 p.m. Eastern time, I'm doing a live guided practice session on basic chords over on the Open Studio Facebook page. We're going to leave a link to that here in the description. And then on Friday night, Peter Martin here is playing a live solo piano concert at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, live from our studio, solo, solo, solo. Solo, solo. Sheltered solo. The only person in the room. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that yeah, last yeah. week. And uh, very nerve-wracking because I'm kind of operating everything. The cameras, the the streaming and everything. Oh, man, it was awesome. It was awesome. So check check for those two links here down below in the description. That's right. And until tomorrow, you'll hear it. <laughs>